0: As 2021 unfolds, we get a better handle of just how bad 2020 really was. In February 2021, the Banco Central ng Pilipinas reported a 10.8% decrease in FDIs, or Foreign Direct Investments in the Philippines, in 2020. This is not surprising, considering na medyo somber naman talaga yung economic climate natin last year. Pero teka-teka, sabi ng isang international trade and development body, Tumaas daw ang FDI ng Pilipinas last year? In fact, sabi ng United Nations Conference on Trade and Development or UNCTAD, isa ang Pilipinas sa mga nagtala ng positive growth in FDI flows ng 2020. What's going on here? Ako po si Janina magundaya at ito ang teka teka. For this episode, pag-uusapan natin ang foreign direct investment figures ng BSP at ng UNCTAD. Before we dive in, let's define the terms first. Nandito si JC Punong Bayan ng Usapang Econ Podcast to help us with this. JC, ano ba itong FDI?
1: So, yung FDI, Foreign Direct Investments, ay basically investments ng mga foreign companies uh, sa loob ng bansa. So, pwede mong imagine to as, for example, set up ng bagong factory or uh, other type of investment yung isang multinational company or uh, pwede mag-reinvest yung isang corporation sa Yung mga profits niya, pwede niya i-invest sa overseas operations or pwedeng within a group of companies, pwedeng magpahiram sila ng pera or so merong mga tinatawag ng mga intra-company loans uh, between companies here at yung mga uh, foreign counterparts nila. tinitingnan natin yung foreign direct investments as a complement para mas marami economic activity at pag mas maraming gumagastos ay mas maraming kumikita at uh, umiikot yung pera dito sa ating bansa.
0: Now, let's go to the agencies that came up with these diverging FDI figures. We are all familiar with the BSP. Ito yung Banko Sentral ng Pilipinas, na isa sa mga pinanggagalingan ng official economic at financial data ng Pilipinas. Yung UNCTAD naman, isang international body under the United Nations Secretariat. It was formed in the 60s and basically, it's there to help developing countries participate on more equal terms with developed countries so global trade stage. Kasi syempre, magkaiba naman yung economic realities at needs ng developed and developing countries. But if these two economic foals were to benefit each other, they have to meet somewhere, and UNCTAD, through its policies, helps find that common ground.
1: Ibang methodology ang ginagamit ng UNCTAD, ibang yung methodology na ginagamit ng BSP. Yung UNCTAD kasi ay uh, gumagamit sila ng kinatawag na Directional Approach, Kung saan kinaklasify nila yung mga foreign direct investments dun sa kung ito ba'y ay investments ng isang kumpanya dito sa Pilipinas abroad or isa ba itong investment ng isang foreign company from the outside tapos papunta dito sa ating bansa. Samantalang yung BSP tends to take yung tinatawag na assets liability approach, kung saan kinaklasify kung uh, yung isang uh, investment ba ay matuturing bang asset or liability. So, for example, uh, kapag yung isang uh, Philippine firm ay bumili ng shares sa uh, isa pang kumbanya sa labas ng bansa or nagpahiram sa kanyang mga foreign counterparts, yung UNCTAD ay uh, kinaklasify ito bilang isang outflow using yung directional approach samantalang yung BSP uh, tinuturing ito bilang asset.
0: In a way, UNCTAD is just more concerned with the direction of where the money goes. Ware, if Filipino firms were to invest or to lend abroad, it's an outflow kasi nga nagpupunta sa ibang bansa yung pera galing sa Pilipinas. But for the BSP, it can be seen as an asset kasi eventually, babalik din naman yung perang yan dito eh. It left, yes, but only temporarily. So in JC's example, if Filipino firms bought shares abroad or lent money to companies abroad, it will come back eventually once the foreign stocks were sold or once the debt is repaid.
1: Meron kasing tatlong major categories yung uh, foreign direct investments base sa BSP data. So meron yung uh, net equity, meron yung reinvestments. For example, yung uh, profits ng isang kompanya ay iri re para sa expansion ng uh, kanilang uh, businesses dito sa Pilipinas. Or meron yung debt kung saan uh, within a certain company ay meron mga tinataw na intra-company loans. At makikita mo dito na yung debt na subcomponent ng FDI huma talaga siya ng 2020. Yung uh, reinvestment, medyo nag-stagnate, pero yung net equity, uh, medyo tumaas siya 2020. So, siguro, ito yung mga foreign firms, for example, na bumibili ng shares sa Philippine uh, companies. So, in that sense, medyo nag-offset yung pagbaban ng debt na FDI tsaka yung uh, pagtaas ng net equity. So, in a sense, pwede mong sabihin na medyo nag Flatline yung FDI ng 2020, pero kumpara kasi sa levels ng 2019, I think unambiguously, uh, pwede mong masabi na bumaba talaga yung FDI sa kabuuan base dun sa BSP classification.
0: When UNCTAD reported a 29% increase in FDI flows to the Philippines, the European Chamber of Commerce of the Philippines saw it as a testament to the Philippines' capability to attract foreign investments even in the middle of a pandemic. But as JC points out, hindi lang naman yung top-line FDI figures yung tinitignan ng foreign investors when they're looking for a place to invest in. At its
1: core, pwede mong tignan yung foreign direct investment as a way to expand yung mga negosyo dito sa ating bansa. Pero mukhang matatagalan pa yung economic recovery natin. At uh, maraming mga kumpanya ang uh, nangingimi sila na mag-expand at this time, especially uh, napaka-uncertain pa ng sitwasyon. At uh, kahit na medyo loser na yung uh, quarantine restrictions, ay hindi pa rin babalik yung uh, kumpiyansa ng mga tao na lumabas at gumastos. Marami sa mga negosyante din ang uh, medyo hot arms left muna sila sa Pilipinas pagdating sa investments kasi uh, alam natin na may mga episodes, for example, kung saan yung gobyerno ay uh, inatake yung uh, ilan sa mga prominent na businessmen. Lumalabas nga sa ilang mga pag-aaral na yung uh, inflows ng uh, foreign direct investments ay determined not so much by rules and regulations, for example, constitutional provisions, Kundi yung uh, ease of doing business, yung presence of rule of law, for example, yung uh, crime rate, for example, or uh, ease of setting up a business, yung number of days to set set up a business, yun yung mga factors na mas matter sa inflows ng foreign direct investments. Hindi magkakaroon ng tsunami of investments even if merong kang uh, loser foreign participation rules sa ating constitution using economic cha-cha. So, kailangan nating pagtunan ng pansin yung many other factors na nagdedetermine ng inflows ng foreign direct investments besides yung constitutional provisions.
0: And that's it for this episode of Teka Teka. This episode was written and produced by me, Janina Magundayaw. It was edited by Carl Sayet. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Maraming salamat po.